I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Your voice, your vote. Four days until Election Week. Special coverage with David Dujanovic. And we just checked. 752,000 ballots processed in Utah so far. That's a 9 o'clock this morning. We just checked. Uh, 288,000 in Salt Lake County. So for the next 30 minutes or so, we're focusing on the race for Salt Lake County Mayor first. The incumbent Democratic candidate in the race, Jenny Wilson, will join us. And if right after her, we're going to hear from Republican candidate Trent Staggs, Dave. Well, let's jump right into it. Mayor Wilson joins us on the line. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Mayor. Uh, just a few days left, and it's uh, and then you get to take a breath. Are you relieved that we're, you see the light at the end of the tunnel? Well, I am relieved. I mean, as mayor, I oversee the health department. So the focus of my attention has actually been on the health emergency and other issues. But, um, yeah, we've campaigned differently digitally, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how Tuesday uh, turns out. So you made the the call to implement a mask mandate in the county uh, when some other counties in Utah chose not to. My question is, is in 2021, if you are reelected, will you keep the mask mandate? And do you have proof it's actually working, Mayor? Well, right now, the mask mandate is in place um, until the end of December, I think the first week in January, unless something changes. Unfortunately, things are changing in the wrong direction, not the right direction. So I don't uh, the, it will not be repealed before the end of December 1st of next year. Uh, you know, mid-December, we'll start looking at our counts numbers, see where we are. But um, with the nation seeing a surge upward, and unfortunately our county as well, I can imagine that the mask mandate won't be in place until we get significantly through the administration of the vaccine. Um, and I know it's tough, and I want to recognize And every one of your listeners has had a challenging personal journey. I mean, I myself was close to Margarita um, Santini, who died just a few days ago due to COVID, an activist and somebody who cared about her community, someone who was on the front lines helping uh, with COVID and unfortunately um, got the virus herself and passed away. I've lost a friend um, who lost a job. Um, to addiction and lost a mother-in-law, not from COVID, but from, you know, um, other causes, but didn't get to say goodbye to her in person. So I've had a rough year. Everybody listening has had their own journey with their kids. Um, I talked to so many parents that are doing such a good job supporting their education through school online, managing um, when they are in school to keep them safe. And we're just really encouraging everyone in the county to just um, get, you know, deal with this day by day. And uh, we got a great team at the health department working to combat this challenge. I think initially we looked at some of the numbers and you could tie it to the mask mandate and you could say, you know what, we're, it's working, it's making a difference. But now Salt Lake County is in that high transmission currently. Seven day average is over 600 cases a day. Uh, is it still a mask issue? What needs to be done? 
It's still a mask issue. We continue to see report after report from epidemiologists and people tracking the virus stating the effectiveness. The challenge has been um, the mixed messages and that um, people are getting fatigued. And, you know, we went back to school and that's when we saw our cases go up. And I think initially we saw, in fact, I know we saw a, a rise from uh, high school kids. We're now seeing um, middle schoolers and um, elementary school cases on the rise, um, mainly in the southwest um, section of the valley, also Draper and that area. Uh, we do see some zip codes that are going up as well in Salt Lake and West Valley and some other communities. But what we know is um, people are just tired and 60% of the spread is within a household. So when, you know, somebody at work, um, you know, takes a risk, they probably shouldn't and takes it home to the family or after school, the same risk, we're seeing the spread within homes. So that's the challenge right now is to be careful. I'm sharing with people that we need to, um, you know, remember 10, our, our state allows for 10 people um, in terms of uh, personal gatherings, et cetera. I think 10 is too many. We need to be very, very cautious until we see these numbers go down. And frankly, it's a scary thing. I'm thrilled that my family's, my immediate family has avoided COVID to date, but every day I worry um, about my kids. And I think everyone um, needs to have that same concern. Mayor Wilson, we want to talk money for the next minute or two. Um, you know, your opponent says your budget's inflated uh, as mayor and you've raised taxes significantly. You know you've proposed budget cuts of $78 million due to the pandemic, though. A uh, couple of questions here. Is your budget inflated? And then also we look at the salaries of three of your deputy mayors, and your opponent has pointed this out, 160000 to 260000 a year in total compensation. Is that too high? Are you paying, are you paying people too much money? Well, thanks for that question. Well, first of all, um, I was thrilled to be able to offer a balanced budget to our council for 2021, and we did have significant cuts, and I'm grateful that our teams uh, were able to modify their their initiatives and efforts but still provide services to the county taxpayer. Um, my opponent does refer to a blighted or a, um, a bloated growing government, higher higher taxes. The reality is we're a AAA bond-rated uh, county, which means we get the very lowest fees when we go out to the bond market, which we need to do to build these big rec centers and other big facilities that serve the community. So we are, um, you know, through the efforts of our treasurer, our auditor, our council, my office, one of the best-run counties in the nation. Um, I did impose a tax increase this past year, and it ended up being, on average, $30 per family uh, for the year. Um, And what that did was stabilize the budget due to growing inflation. And had I not done that, we would have seen significant cuts to our health department. We would have needed to close a rec center or two, and the services would decline. Um, I did a, a survey and recognized it was time to do that. And every elected official, independent elected official who runs an office, came before me and said, please do this. We need stabilization of our budget. Um, And then also my opponent is not telling the truth when it comes to our um, county budget going up 50% over the last few years. There was a state-mandated bookkeeping change so that any pass-through dollars that pass through our budget 
back to UTA that we did not use um, for our purposes, but were passed to UTA and other entities were indeed um, put on our books. So it's sort of a bookkeeping change. And I don't think it's, um, I think it's important that we be um, fair and complete. And I don't mind him saying, you know, she talks and truth is it was minimal. And I did, did not create any new programs, but some of the other narratives is false. Um, I will say, um, Oh, are go you ahead. paying your your are you paying your employees too much? We're, my top three employees um, do make a significant amount, but I'll tell you, they're running portfolios um, with thousands of employees. These aren't advisors to me. These are people who are running very very significant um, divisions of our county. One one for example oversees public works, um, economic development and many, many um, other areas, another health department, et cetera. So these are uh, skilled employees. And frankly, you get what you pay for. If Salt Lake County were not competitive for our senior people, we wouldn't be as effective as we are. Mayor so, Wilson, I'm um, so sorry. Will- we are, we're running totally out of time, and uh, we have to uh, grab your, <laughs> your opponent for the next segment. So uh, uh, we appreciate you joining us, and uh, we don't want to cut into his time uh, too much. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mayor Wilson. Straight ahead. Um, the Republican candidate for mayor, Trent Staggs, calling in live. Dave and Dujanovic. Your voice, your vote. Four days until Election Week. Special coverage with Dave and Dujanovic. Well, it's certainly a very high-profile seat. The race for mayor for Utah's largest county. We just heard... From current Mayor Jenny Wilson, now we're going to talk to current Riverton Mayor Trent Staggs, who wants the job, Dave. And he's joining us on the line right now. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Mayor. Uh, we appreciate it. The county's uh, seat, it's been solidly Democratic, uh, Democrat for a long time. Uh, what makes you think the, the county can flip to a Republican? Well, thanks for having me on. I, I really, this is a question that I sometimes get, and if you look at county races, the majority of county-wide offices have actually gone Republican. And, uh, in fact, when you look at statewide offices or totals uh, for state offices just in the county, those vote totals have actually gone Republican for governor, for the attorney general, auditor, treasurer. So there is, uh, there is a pathway to victory here. Uh, we know it. Our message is, ver- is resonating very much so. And we feel like we're in a great spot to win this election. We had Dave uh, searching your website for any evidence that you're a Republican mayor, <laughs> and we couldn't find any. Is that on purpose? Well, you know, this I've been I've been in a nonpartisan elected office now the last seven years. You know, as, as a city elected official, and we've made a concerted effort to try to campaign, to listen to everybody, irrespective of party. And you'll notice on that website, there's a Democrats for Stags coalition. Um, There's Republicans. There's other community groups. We've had a lot of people that have just stepped up and said, we love the way that you've governed in Riverton. Irrespective of your party affiliation, we want to support you. And we feel that we definitely need a fresh perspective in the county and I think that's what I would be able to offer is that fresh perspective. We can't continue doing things the way that we've been doing them. 
budget, you know, spending up 50% the last five years. We've got tax increases. Um, we have to be able to change the status quo. And I think people are uncomfortable. They know what they're going to get uh, with my opponent. Uh, that, that stale atmosphere of the status quo is, is something that people want changed. Now, your opponent, Mayor Wilson, uh, she was an early adopter on the mask mandate for, uh, for the county. Uh, would you continue the mask mandate if elected? Well, I think there's a lot of uh, moving parts on that question. We need to see where things are at. I've been advocating and supportive of masks as a tool in the toolbox to combat the spread, but I don't think it's a silver bullet, as we've, we've noted. And, and I heard your last segment that uh, you rightfully indicated that case counts are up considerably in Salt Lake County, and Salt Lake County contributes uh, to the largest percentage of overall cases in, this, in the state, even though, even though there's a mask mandate in place. And so are masks effective? Are they a good tool? Yes, um, I, I don't want to criminalize the behavior, and I think the county has followed the same suit in being more of an educational uh, instead of strict enforcement. But we're looking at, uh, to the county's own admission, they had about a 96%, they said, compliance rate. And when they went around back in August and looked at a bunch of different facilities and retail establishments. So that in and of itself is not a silver bullet. I've been calling for testing for more than seven months. I wrote an opinion piece about this in March when it first broke. You've got countries like South Korea and others that have completely got a handle on this virus through a combination of methods, and testing is one of them. And I'm disheartened to see that the county received over $204 million in CARES Act money directly from the federal government, and they've only spent about $98 million of it. We've got over $100 million sitting on the table, and of that it says only $1.5 million about has been used for testing or for medical purposes. And I think with the technology that we have, with the great bio and life science communities that we have here in the state and in our county, we could be doing much, much more uh, with respect to an expanded universal testing program that would allow people to, to know if they've got the virus straight away, self-quarantine, and if they don't, give them that peace of mind so they can go back to work, be productive again at work, at school, and give them that peace of mind. Riverton Mayor Trent Stagg's on the line with us right now. He's running for Salt Lake County Mayor um, against uh, Democrat Jenny Wilson. I'm not hearing a firm answer from you, uh, Mayor Staggs. And as a, a voter in Salt Lake County, I want to know, are you in favor of keeping Mayor Wilson's mask mandate in place if you are elected to that position? I think it's a yes or no answer. Can you pick I, one? I don't. I don't think it's that simple. I think that there's even uh, even what I heard Mayor Wilson say would not uh, commit to that necessarily. The, the, the mandate's in place through, I think, well, January I think she 4th did commit to it. I think she did actually commit to it, that she's, it, it doesn't look like it's going to go away, and she it's definitely in place till the end of the year. I've, I've, well, I've I, sensed that she was committed to it. Well, it's in place until January 4th or 5th. We need to take a look and see where conditions are at at that point in time. And with a comprehensive solution, a much more comprehensive solution with testing, um, I think that we can get a handle on this virus because right now it's completely out of control. Uh, I want to talk about uh, policing uh, would you be in favor of a unified police department? 
or in favor well, of the Unified Police Department? Uh, Riverton itself left the Unified Police Department and self-provided. And uh, in that move, we were able to save our property taxpayers about $1.3 million a year. And we ended up getting nine more officers for the same amount that we were contracted to pay. I like the unified model. It works for some communities, but I think it needs to be up to those individual communities to determine uh, if it works best for them. The county has a big role to play. I think they contribute some $20 million towards the budget of the unified model. And so there are definitely some great components there. And I've uh, been incredibly supportive of our law enforcement community. I've got the endorsement of the Utah State Fraternal Order of Police, and I'm proud to have that. It's uh, one of the first endorsements that I always seek. But I, I think there are a number of things that the county needs to be, you know, we need to be looking at with respect to the county. And I think for your voters, or for, excuse me, for the voters here in the county, for all your listeners, uh, it's it's a very clear contrast between my my record and background and that of my opponent with respect to taxes and spending, with respect to being innovative and bringing my business background, uh, professional career of over 20 years uh, to bring that innovation and experience to bear in municipal government. I've done that in the city of Riverton. It needs to be taken to the county. And I've offered up several plans. You've mentioned the website. If you go to my website, trentstags.com slash issues, you'll see a plan for homelessness, for affordable housing, uh, for the opioid epidemic, for growth and recovery. And these plans have not been forwarded by my opponent. So I think there's a very clear contrast between um, myself and my opponent with this race. And we want all everybody to vote. We want them to be informed on the issues and make the best decision for our county going forward. Riverton Mayor Trent Staggs running for Salt Lake County Mayor. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate both Mayor Wilson of Salt Lake County, uh, the, the incumbent, joining us a, a few moments ago. We also appreciate uh, Riverton Mayor Trent Staggs uh, joining us, Dave. And I, I'm going to you know, push back on uh, Mayor Staggs a little bit with the uh, Unified Police Department model. I'm, I'm not quite sure where he stands on reunifying the police departments, but I will tell you, and the people I talk to in the number of years I've lived in this community, people are growing wary of what, um, for example, Riverton did, where they were in the U- Unified PD model and then they backed away from it and started their own department. Taylorsville just did the, the same thing. So um, I'm curious to know if people will be actually voting on that issue at all or if they'll just gloss over it and pandemic will be the number one issue um, in people's minds when they go to the polls. Um, and Well, if they go to the polls or they're voting right now at the kitchen table. Straight ahead. Find out what happened when KSL TV's Matt Gephardt staked out in-person polling. He'll join us live with what rules he caught being broken. Dave and Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless and I will never understand it I will never accept it I'm Amy Donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast The Letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story 
the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.